there is only one true way to be enlightened and entertained with the best sports knowledge. That way is the American way. Welcome to the American Way podcast. Here's your host, Amir. Hello, happy Wednesday, everyone, and welcome to the American Way podcast. I'm your host, Amir Lumiati. Uh, today it's an interesting podcast. We start out with a great first guest. Uh, my guest today is Darren Doogie Wolfson of Channel Five Eyewitness News and of the Scoop Podcast. Uh, we spent forty. We spent some time talking uh, Minnesota sports and his journey entering the uh, sports journalism industry. Hope you guys enjoy it. Then we'll come back later and uh, we'll have some more fun in the next segment. All right. All right. All right. Thank you again. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, good morning, everyone. This, uh, this, welcome to welcome to my guest, uh, the esteemed Darren Doogie Wilson from Channel Five Eyewitness News. You can also catch his his podcast, the, the Scoop Podcast, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Doogie, thanks for joining me. I appreciate you joining the American Way. You got it, Amir. Congratulations on. On this new adventure for you, this will be very, very good for you. I'm very happy for you. Thank you. All the uh, this is much appreciated coming from me. I appreciate this. So I'm gonna hit you with something really quick, uh, really deep right away. If I would have told you when you walked down the hallways of KFAN back in 1997, and I told you where you are today in 2021, February 2021, what do you think would have? What do you think you would, uh, your response would have been? I would have said, you know what, incredibly realistic because, you know, not to sound arrogant or cocky, but I do think in this business, Amir, you need to have a certain level of confidence. And I was confident back then that I would be doing something along those lines. Now, I don't know if I would have told you that I would have been still here in the Twin Cities working at the ABC affiliate doing TV. I thought, you know what, maybe I'll take this radio thing you know, for, for many, many years, maybe I'll end up in Chicago, you know, a bigger market. Maybe I'll end up on the national level at ESPN, you know, but I knew I'd be doing something sports related. And, you know, I mean, there was even a thought early on, do I pivot, maybe try to work for a team? Do I look at doing some play-by-play? You know, so I wasn't quite sure exactly what I'd be doing February 2021, if you had asked me, you know, January of 1997. But I would have told you then, Amir, I was confident that, you know, 24 years later, I'd be doing something in sports. Wouldn't be exactly sure what, but I'd absolutely be involved in, in doing something sports-wise. I just never saw myself as, you know, a sales guy or, or somebody with just a conventional nine-to-five type job. So I knew I always wanted to do something in sports, and I knew that at a young age. So, you know, back in January of 97, you know, heck, I was 16 at the time, turned 17 later that month. I knew at 16 years old exactly what I wanted to do, or at least had a good idea that I wanted to work in sports. So, you know, again, not to sound, you know, 
brash or anything like that, Amir, but, but I would have been confident back then. I would have told you I'm working in the sports field. And I think that's good. I think, that's, I think that everybody who wants to be in this field uh, in whatever capacity needs to be confident. I think, uh, I think like, like you just said, if anyone's going to do, not just in sports, but if anybody's going to do anything in this realm as a career, they have to be confident. Otherwise, they'll fail. So I appreciate you telling me that you, that you had the confidence, the wherewithal back then to think that you would uh, be, be where you are so, at some capacity today. I appreciate that coming from you. Well, I mean, Amir, you need to get out of your comfort zone. Was I real comfortable reaching out to KFAN in the fall of 1996 as a 16-year-old saying, hey, would you have some time to meet with me? Do you mind if I swing by the station? Like, I was incredibly nervous. I remember walking into the office that day. I ended up meeting with, with Eric Webster, who was on KFAN for a long time. He's not on, on radio anymore, at least locally. But Webby, you know, one of my mentors, like, I was scared bleepless, Amir. Like, I was shaking. I was so scared, right? But, but those are the type of, of things you need to do at the University of Minnesota, you know, doing some public speaking classes, you know, taking some classes out of my comfort zone. I didn't want to take those classes necessarily, Amir, but I knew that that taking those classes would benefit me years down the road. And to this day, you know, those types of things have, have certainly benefited me. I mean, you need to have confidence, right? Like if, if I'm trying to find out something, you know, like at some point I need to, I need to get to know sources, right? I can't just build a source base based on text messaging and emails. You need to be able to verbalize. You need to be able to connect with somebody. I get it in this COVID world, you know, face-to-face, you know, meetings are, are tough, but, you know, whether it's Zoom, you know, or just picking up the phone, at least having a, a verbal conversation, even if you can't see the person. I mean, that to me is is uber important. So, like, those things I did back in 1996 and 1997, you know, taking a mentorship class my senior year at Henry Sibley High School in Mendota Heights, you know, eventually connecting with Joe Schmidt at Channel 5, so getting to know Joe, getting to know Dave Dahl and some others back then. Like, as a 16- and 17-year-old, Amir, like, I, I'm i telling you, even after, like, two or three months of my mentorship at Channel 5, like, every time I walked in there, I was like, gosh, I just, I hope I don't screw something up. You know, I, I hope they don't tell me to, to hit the road. You know, but I used that as, as fuel. It, it motivated me. You know, I was able to channel it in, in a good way. You know, so my advice would be to anybody listening to this, and we've talked about this, Amir, unnecessarily for, for – a wide audience to listen to, but you and I have had a back and forth on this. Break down those barriers. You need to leave your comfort zone. I agree. That's great. That's great advice for our listeners. Uh, to transition a little bit. So, when was your? What do you recall when your first scoop was? Like how you like taking me back to like how you cultivated sources and how you like managed to, to uh, get the, the scoopage that you do. Uh, this current day can you explain that real quick for the audience or for me well sure well yeah well yeah my my first scoop would have been when the gopher football team hired glenn mason long story short there was there was an athletic department gathering and i don't recall specifically who although i think it was sam sigelman who's a big time attorney in town now but he was then the producer Mm -hmm. of the chad hartman and dan barrero show 
Chet and Barrero at KFA, and Sam is still a friend to this day. You know, Sam is great. I'm pretty sure it was Sam, but can't say with 100% certainty, but I'm pretty sure it was Sam. He had known of, of this Gopher Sports Banquet at the Holiday Inn on the, I guess it would be the, the West Bank, you know, by the old grandma's bar that I used to go to on Thursday nights for, for dollar beer night. And he had heard of this athletic department gathering, so he sent me. So I'm like, you know, 17, might have been 18, but 17. And he's like, hey, like maybe the new coach is going to be there. There were there were rumors that they would be introducing the new coach in the next 24 to 48 hours. They ended up introducing the new coach, Glenn Mason, the next morning. So this was like on a Friday night. They introduced Glenn, I remember, on a Saturday morning. And I ended up hiding behind like this this big plant. You know, I was, I was, I was much skinnier back then. I hid behind this plant. And I heard a couple athletic yeah. department luminaries talking about, you know, this, this new head coach that they're about to announce the hiring of, Glenn Mason. So I remember calling it in, you know, having the steam that, that the Gopher football team was, was hiring Glenn Mason. I might even have been 16. I don't know if that was – was that maybe even like December of 1996, early January 1997? You can look up the day that, that Glenn Mason was hired – as the golfer football coach. But I mean, I was super young, but, but I ended up having steam because I was eavesdropping. Like I heard, I heard these two big wigs talking about it, you know? So I called it into the station, you know, they were, they were uh, thoroughly uh, happy and impressed. And, and it went from there, although for a long time, Amir, like I was just, I was, I was content being the producer of, of the Chad Hartman show, being his sidekick, you know, booking guests. I was still, oh, by the way, in school full-time. I was taking classes at the University of Minnesota for a little bit. I was also working part-time at Channel 5. So I was working at Channel 5. I was working at KFAN, and I was taking, like, 15 credits of classes. Like, I was being pulled in in myriad directions. So, you know, eventually I decided that I, I preferred radio over TV, so that's when I left Channel 5. I was just behind the scenes, wasn't on the air back then. But it's not like I had a whole lot of time to, to cultivate, you know, a ton of sources and really pursue scoops. Like, it takes a lot of freaking work, Amir, right? And it's nonstop. Yeah. And, and oftentimes you run into brick walls. Like, I got a tip last night that the Twins might have interest in this, in this pitcher from Korea. You know, so then I'm working on, on tracking down the, the pitcher's agent's phone number, which I did. He's based in Seoul, South Korea texted him but he hasn't texted me back reached out to some people with the twins they didn't get back to me but then i was researching who the pitcher is because i hadn't heard of the name like i don't have deep knowledge of of the korean baseball league you know so i google his name i start learning about him you know i start thinking okay does it make logical sense like it's just it's a lot of work and guess what it's gone nowhere so far i haven't gotten any text messages back you know maybe there's Maybe there's a reason why, you know, maybe read between the lines on, on why five people at this point have not texted me back, five people that would have direct knowledge. But, but I haven't gone anywhere with it. But I put in a bunch of work just to see if, if it happens to be true. So, like, tracking down scoops takes an incredible amount of work, and, and I do a lot of other stuff. I do some editing with video. I do a lot of storytelling. Like, it's not like my sole job just to track down scoops. You know, like Charlie Walters when he was full-time at the Pioneer Press, that was like his main job, right? 
striking out shooter, scoops yep. is not my main job. It's like maybe 10 to 15% of what I truly do on a day-to-day basis. But but it's really time-consuming. But to answer your question, Amir, so back in 2009, KFAN laid me off. They laid off Clear Channel, the, the then owners of, of KFAN and a number of radio stations across the country, laid off 2,300 people roughly nationwide. So I got caught up in, in the layoff. So I was out of a job January 20th, 2009. Leaned on some people I knew, ended up doing some freelance work for MLB Network, spent six weeks down in, in Florida working spring training for them. So I had fun. I ended up covering the Vikings for CBSSports.com that football season. That was the, the first Brett Favre year. Ended up being sent to New Orleans for the NFC Championship game, Viking Saints. Uh, you know the 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 debacle, yeah, the, the game that, that, that yeah, a lot of Viking fans still still can't get past. But but I was there, like I was fortunate enough uh, to be in New Orleans to cover that game. You know, I mean, I'll never forget. You know, my buddy Corey Roofs came down. He stayed in my hotel room. We ended up staying up until like 5 a.m. That Sunday night, we went out to Bourbon Street and just had a good time. I mean, as you can imagine, you know, the Saints getting to the Super Bowl. I mean, it was a massive party in New Orleans deep into the night. Like, we stayed up all night and then just went to the airport. Our flights were the next morning. Like, we didn't go to bed that night, you know. But that's a story that I can tell to this day. Like, I'm grateful that I had those experiences, MLB Network, CBSSports.com. But I knew I had to get back to working full time. So one thing I looked at was, okay, how do I sell myself? And I wanted to stay here in town. I was getting married that October. You know, my wife's family's in town. My family's in town. I wasn't ready to, to pack up. You know, my wife uh, had a really good job at the time. We were just not in a position to be packing up and moving. So I wanted to stay in media, but I also wanted to stay here in the Twin Cities, which is not easy. So I decided, okay, how do I sell myself? You know, let me reach out. I was doing some freelance at Channel 9, had helped out Channel 4, you know, so I was having some dialogue with those two TV stations. I ended up having a meeting with WCCO Radio, you know, some other people in town. And, and I decided, okay, what's one way for me to, to sell myself? And I decided, okay, I've got all these phone numbers from producing Chad Hartman's show. I've gotten to know a lot of people. Like, I've talked to a lot of people on the phone. Like, this market could use another person that, that chases down stories and, and tips and, and scoops like, at that point, I wasn't quite sure Sid Hartman would work another, you know, 11 years. Like, I thought Sid was on the cusp of retiring. I knew Shooter was on the cusp of retiring, although he ended up working for a handful of, of more years. Mike Max is, is pretty diligent, you know, on, on, on the TV side. But I figured, okay, you know, I can, I can compete with that. That's, that's nothing. And, and, you know, there's, there's a need for more, you know. So I just I, I rediscovered myself and said, okay. You know, like I'm, I'm going to try to track down information. So I leaned on all those phone numbers I had, the, the relationships I had built up, you know, through Chad Hartman, who, who knows everybody, Sid Hartman's son, right? And, and just kind of went from there, you know, and, and sent a lot of emails, made a lot of phone calls, got to know people as, as much as I could. And, and some of those people that, that I, I met back in, you know, 2010, 2011, you know, remain remain contacts to this day. And and sometimes I'll even go multiple years between reaching out to somebody, but, you know, it's like, you know, it's like we had just talked, you know, the previous day. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's a small world in that regard, you know, and, and, 
It's not like I'm looking to, to burn bridges or, you know, I've got these, these massive scoops that are going to take down somebody. I mean, more often than not, you know, if I reach out to an executive or, or to an agent, it's, it's, it's a good thing, right? Like I, I want to get that, that, you know, agent's client's name out there. And, and so, you know, you, you get to the point of, of people trusting you, you know, building up those relationships and, and they end up giving you, you know, information. And, and sometimes they don't, right? Like I told you, I'm chasing down this, this twins information and, and I've run into a brick wall. So yeah. sometimes I, you have to, I, I don't you get have... a text back or, or a call back, but, you know, I'm always going to try. I mean, I've always learned, Amir, the worst anybody can say is no, you know, and, and yeah. so you learn to accept that and, and you keep going. Yep. And so on that story from yesterday, did you have, did you use like Google Translate? Like, I imagine if the agent in all these contexts are in South Korea, I'd imagine that uh, I'm just I'm just curious about the, like the, the nuance of that certain situation. Like I'd imagine Google Translate or something like that. Google Translate works, yeah. And and there's some stories in English about this picture. I mean, this picture is is one of the more accomplished pictures in Korea. So there's there's enough out there. So I mean, I was given the name, so I googled his name, and and there's enough stories in English about him. But like I'll be I'll be frank with you, Amir. Like I haven't texted internationally in a while. Normally I just send an email, but I got this agent's cell phone number, so like I had to Google how to send a, a text message to to a Seoul South Korea cell phone number. And and it's not unique to Seoul. Like I just couldn't remember how to text like somebody in London or somebody in Paris or you know somebody in Moscow or you name the international city. So I did have to go to the Google to, to remind me how to. How to how to text somebody internationally, but the text message went through because the individual I texted has an iPhone, and he's one of those people that has a a red uh, message on 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 you know. So like if you send the message and it says delivered, some people have red on on you know the the response. So like I know that he read my text message. He just hasn't texted me back yet. So I know it went through. You know, thankfully, you know, I have an iPhone. He has an iPhone, so it went through as a blue message, not a green message. But yeah, unfortunately, he he hasn't gotten back to me yet. All right. So moving on to today, I'm just I, I mentioned this the other day on my first episode. Just the the state of the teams currently playing. I'm just curious of like of of all the team of the teams currently of the winter sports teams. Like, do you feel confident about any of them? Like, I know. Like obviously the Wild, unfortunately they've been in their uh, in their the they've paused their schedule unfortunately with all the co- all the COVID uh, lists uh, and the Gophers they started off really well they they sort of cooled off and the Wolves don't I, of course I mentioned the Wolves for about a 20 minute diatribe but I'm just curious to get your sense of like the state of just the winter teams and maybe uh, what you think about if if I'm off base in my assumptions. You're not off base on on what you just laid out. Now, if you want to extend it, I mean, I feel pretty confident about, you know, hockey teams like Gophers men's hockey, Gophers women's hockey, although I'm not quite sure either will win a national championship, but I think both have a chance to to make a deep run. Like, I don't know if the Gopher women can beat Wisconsin, but the Gopher women could probably make it to the national championship game. You know, the Gopher men certainly have have the capability of, of reaching the Frozen Four. I had pretty good confidence in the in the Minnesota Whitecaps before their season got shut down last week yeah. in Lake Placid. But yeah, if talking Gophers men's hoops, if you're talking the major sports, 
So presumably, what Gophers men's basketball? Gophers win it, and Gophers win it. Gophers win it. They've had, they've been struggling. I think, that, but I think that was sort of expected going into the season, just because of the yeah, and they've had some injuries. Yeah, so yeah, I don't have confidence in 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 this particular Gopher women's basketball team. Do I think over the next few years, Lindsey Whalen can build, you know, a pretty good winner? Yeah, I have pretty good confidence that that Lindsey can can hit enough triples and, and even the occasional home run on on the recruiting trail, you know, so I would still bet on Lindsay, you know, over the next few years, but not this year. Go for Ben's hoops. I still think they have a decent chance to go to the NCAA tournament, but once there, I mean, it'll come down to matchups. I mean, could they win one game, get to the round of 32? They could, but it's not like I feel real good about them even winning one game, let alone getting to the sweet 16 and winning two games. The Timberwolves are rock bottom in the NBA and the wild. I mean, the roster isn't as good as last year. You know, maybe they're better at the goaltender position, although Cam Talbot is now on the on the COVID list. You know, but I just I look at last year's wild roster, you know, that was that was eliminated pretty quickly there by Vancouver. And I look at this wild roster, even with Kaprizov, and, and I think last year's roster was was better. So I, I don't think the wilds are going anywhere, but but they have some flexibility. I mean, you know, the roster changed a lot, you know, this year. I think it's gonna change even more or at least it's going to change to some degree heading into next season. You know, so I think Bill Guerin's got got a good sense on, on how he needs to build a winner. But, like, this team, no, I, I don't think this is a very good team. You know, maybe they can finish fourth in their division. You know, they, they caught a break, I think, landing in the West division, not the Central division. I think of the two, the West is the easier division to make the playoffs. I just think, you know, maybe the top three are locked in, Colorado, Vegas, St. Louis. But – but the top four make the playoffs, and I think that four seed in the West Division is is sitting there for the taking. But even if the Wild get the four seed in the West, Amir, they're not going anywhere in the postseason. You know, and, and for the no. Wolves, I mean, at this point, the Wolves just need to pray that that the forty percent comes to fruition, that that they end up with a top three pick, that they don't have to give the Warriors pick four, pick five, pick six, or pick seven. This is a really good draft. I actually have ESPN two on right now. I'm watching the G League team ignite. Jalen Green, Kaminga. I mean, those kids look good. Yeah, we know how good was... the USC kid is, Mobley. We know how good Jalen Suggs is. And Kate Cunningham, Oklahoma State, is to me the the surefire number one pick. Like whoever gets number one should take Kate Cunningham. So to me, there's like a legit five or six really good prospects at the top of this at the top of this draft class. So if the Wolves have to give Golden State pick four, for example, or pick five. I mean, that's just, that's going to be, you know, really, really bad, right? I mean, you know, not like I'm breaking news there, you know? No, so, I think, yeah, I mean, the Wolves are, are, are rock bottom, unfortunately. Yeah, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, and I know uh, we off air, we, we've sort of been in agreement on this. On the day of the Russell trade went down, I was dancing around Coffee Minion. I thought that it would be a, it would be a good fit. But just assessing it now, in fairness, uh, Carl's been injured. He has COVID, so it, you, we haven't seen them together. But just looking at the roster, like I feel like it's just it it's not, it's just going around in circles. Like I know at least the Wild, of, of, at least at least the Wild have like flexibility financially, and they have like young players in Fiala and Kaprizov. But you look at the Wolves. It's like it just seems like they're going around in circles. And if you're right, if they give up that pick, that's brutal. Like every year. The, someone says, oh, the draft is going to be weak. Like, I think last year people thought this last draft, 
Like, every draft is always good. But I, I agree with you that I think if they give up this pick, it's going to be brutal. And I just I feel like this team's it's going around and around like a merry-go-round. So. Well, yeah, and even if they end up top three, I mean, that will be celebrated, right? If they have a top three pick in this year's draft, that's great. But then they do owe Golden State their 2022 first-round pick unprotected. You know, and, like, are the Wolves really ready to make, like, a deep run next season? I mean, clearly there will be some tweaks, but the main core is in place. Do I think this main core is ready next season to make a really nice run? Probably not. Now, you know, could they finish 11th in the West, not 15th in the West? So that pick they give Golden State in 2022 is pick, you know, 11, not pick 5. Sure, I I think that possibility exists, but it still looks like over the next couple years, the Wolves are going to give Golden State a pretty darn good pick. And I just, I hate giving away first-round picks. I just, I love, I love capable players on rookie contracts. You know, I mean, I commend them for trying with Jarrett Culver. I, I don't see a whole lot there. He should be back here before the week is over, if not end of this week, early next week with that ankle injury. But I don't see it, but but I commend the move, even though they gave up Sarich, who, in hindsight, I think you would have you would have re-signed him three years, twenty-seven. Although he didn't like it here, he wanted out of here. Uh, regardless, but but it's not like Phoenix broke the bank to to re-sign Dario Sarich. But but the idea of that move, eleven and Sarich to get up for a player, like I really like that. You know, they just they happen to identify the wrong guy, but. But I like the general idea of that for, for trying to swing to the fences to get a really good player on a rookie contract. Like, we've seen what, what Edwards and McDaniels can do, and, and a lot of other rookies, by the way, right? Like, as good as Edwards is, like, if you were ranking Rookie of the Year candidates, I'm not even quite sure Edwards is top four. I mean, that's how deep, no. you know, this, this rookie class is, right? I mean, certainly Halliburton, Wiseman, and LaMelo Ball would be above him. You know, and, and I don't know, maybe quickly, maybe, maybe not. Maybe Edwards would maybe be four. Maybe Edwards would be four. I talked myself out of it. Maybe yeah, I think Edwards would be four. Yeah, he's he's been good, but but if you were if you were listing rookie of the year candidates, LaBello Ball clear cut one. I think Tyrese Halliburton clear cut two. Wiseman's missed some time with an injury, but I think he's three. Edwards probably slots in thereafter. You know, but but the future looks pretty bright with, with Anthony. I still wonder about him reaching his, his full potential in this environment, but there's enough God-given ability there. Like, we see it on a, on a nightly basis. I, I think there's a lot to like about Anthony Edwards, and, and there's plenty to like about Jada McDaniels, you know? So, like, I love those guys. Any guy that can, that can contribute on a rookie contract, you know? So, I just – it pains me to, to have to give up a, a first-round pick. But like you – a year ago, you know, give or take a couple of days, but it was about a year ago today, you know, maybe a couple of days prior. But, but I was with you. I mean, I, I wasn't dancing or anything goofy like that, Amir. But, but I thought at the time it was a good trade. Like I said, I would do that trade, you know, to shed the Andrew Wiggins contract. You know, normally to give up a contract that big, you need to give up a first round pick. Just the way it is, you know. So at the time, I was I was okay with the trade. It is fair to mention that Russell and Cat have only played together for five games, so let's not reach any grand conclusions. You know, I do think D'Angelo has at times elite shot making ability, elite shot creation ability. 
I think at times he's really good at involving his teammates, but too often he's not good enough at involving his teammates. You know, forgets that Malik Beasley is hot or, or you name the example. And he's a sieve on defense. Like the defense is non-existent, you know, so he's not a two-way player at all, you know? So I just, we just haven't seen a whole lot from, from D'Angelo. He's paid like he's a superstar, but I don't think he's a superstar. I don't know how you could come to the conclusion that D'Angelo Russell is, is a superstar, you know? So that's why they're, they're stuck him anyways. Right. I mean, that would be a really hard contract to trade. I mean, it's not like a lot of teams were, were knocking down golden state's wall, to trade for D'Angelo Russell a year ago. So that would still be the case if the Wolves tried to trade him now, right? I mean, unless you want to take back more money, like if you want to take back Kemba Walker or something like that, but you're not going to do that, right? So so you're stuck in, in many ways. I mean, you just are, you know? So yep. they can talk all they want about being the youngest team in the NBA, but guess what? Memphis was really, really young last year, and they were right there. They headed to the bubble as the eighth seed. You know, they didn't ultimately end up as the eight seed, but they were right there for a playoff spot. Like, you can be young and still win. Like, it's not against the rules, right? So they can cite their youth all they want, and there's some legitimacy to that. But, like, you can win with, with a young roster. But I'm just telling you, Amir, like, I I don't see many reasons to be overly optimistic even a year from now. Like, maybe in two or three years, maybe. But, like, next year? which is a long time from now. We all know what can take place over a year time span. Just think about this time last year when we just started to hear about, you know, COVID-19, really didn't know a whole lot about it, and now think where we are. So we all know a lot can happen in a year time span. I'm just saying a year from now, like even though a lot can happen, I I don't see many reasons to be overly optimistic. I agree, and I I think now this is a hot take here. I, and I, like they've only played five games together, so I don't want to like – go overboard but I'm, I've come to the conclusion I think eventually maybe in the next two years if if it's in the same spot maybe Carl will just be better, better off elsewhere uh, now he'll have to come to that conclusion they're not going to just give him away but I've, I'm 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 envisioning a, like, a team like Phoenix like a team not only because they have uh, Booker there but you look at a team with Paul and Booker or even a team out east I feel like maybe a, a, a cat might just have a wandering eye and you might just have to uh, let him loose, I think, at, at some point. Maybe, you know, and, and let's see how the year plays out for Phoenix. I mean, you know, Phoenix could be a, a decent match trade-wise, right, with, with DeAndre Ayton being the the premier mm-hmm. trade chip coming back here. Yeah, I mean, sure. Like, could you possibly envision that? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities. I mean, you know, it's not like there's been dialogue along those lines right now, but like, could you see something like that? I don't think it's nuts to say, yeah, maybe. I could also see Phoenix saying, you know what, DeAndre Ayton's pretty damn good. Do we even want Cat? You know, but but if Phoenix like loses in the first round of the playoffs, they may feel like they need to make a big move to get them more so over the hump. They already did that with Chris Paul, but maybe they feel like another move would would help them get even further. So yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean. I took some heat, Amir, in the in the summer for saying, and I get it because it was some third hand, but the person who gave it to me I know is is really close with some people close to Cat, you know, and, and I said, and it got picked up. It got aggregated, and it got picked the up. The darn report outlet. I gotcha. Yeah, that, that, that Cat was, you know, that, that some people believe it's, you know, when, not if, that, that 
Cat asks out, right? That that Cat isn't going to be here long term. You know, just everything going on in his personal life, just that he's going to be ready for change. He's not there yet. He hasn't gone to the Wolves requesting a trade or anything like that. But these people felt like over the next year or two that it's going to get to that point. You know, and, right, and, and I can only imagine that, that Cat is watching all these losses and just thinking to himself, what the bleep is going on here? Like, how the heck do I win? I'm, I'm six years into my career. I've been to the playoffs once. And everybody doesn't give me credit for that year because we had Jimmy Butler, which I get. You know, so like Cat at some point is going to say, I need to get somewhere where, where I can have some success in the playoffs. You know, and, and so, yeah, like could it get to that point? It could. Has it gotten to that point right now? No, it has not. No, but I, like I said, I, I, the player, the, the, other, the past situations in Minnesota I compare Cat to at this moment is Kevin Love. And now we didn't know it at the time, but I think – what pushed Love over the edge to want out is he had a personal tragedy, also a catch, and I think he broke his wrists. I believe that was the season he broke his wrists twice. Similar, well, he didn't get paid. Identical. Don't forget that, that David Kahn wouldn't give him the five-year max. So a lot That's of Kevin fair. Love banks was, was the contract. Don't forget that part of it. That's fair, but I just think it's – that's why it's not identical. I think it's it just it, – it's, it reminds me of that situation, that he had personal tragedy – he was injured. That it was a team losing, and it eventually pushed him over the edge. I think now, cat, like I said, it's a different situation. We don't know fully, but it just reminds me of that situation a little bit. Well, here I'll make the money comparison right now for you. So, cat signs the five-year max, right? But he could yep. have earned an extra thirty-two million dollars if he had made All NBA team one more time. So he made it once. If he had made it that next year, Rudy Gobert ended up as the third-team center, but if Cat had made it that next year, he would have earned an additional $32 million. I don't care how much money you have, Amir. Like, if you can earn an additional $32 million, like, that's, that's sick money, right? That's, that's yeah. money that, that you'd love to have, and Cat and didn't get it. And I'm sure Cat looked at that and said, well, maybe if I was somewhere else, if I wasn't stuck in – in lowly Minnesota, you know, I'm going to get mine. I'm going to do my thing on the court. You know, maybe the voters would have taken more notice if, if I'd been somewhere else, if I'd won a little bit more. You know, maybe he would have captured that third-team All-NBA spot, and then he would have earned the extra $32 million. You know, so if you want to make that potential comparison, you know, with Kevin Love not getting the five-year max, not getting the full money that he wanted, I, you know, I, I guess you could you could certainly make – that comparison if, if you wanted to. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess we'll see. Now, moving on to, like, other potential trade uh, craziness. I know a lot of people on my social media feed have been uh, dem- uh, wondering about uh, uh, Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Now, I I tried to point I, – uh, I pointed to you. I think you said something two weeks ago that he wouldn't even be worth a first-rounder. And I got some. I got some heat. I took some heat from that uh, personally. But I'm just. I I illustrated. I illustrated uh, to, to the audience the other day about how I don't think there is any trade in the works. I'm just wondering what you think about that. I think Kirk Cousins is the Vikings' quarterback in 2021. Now, is it possible? Like all it takes is one team. Is it possible that that the 49ers? I mean, that would be the one team. Is it possible yeah. the 49ers? You know, want to upgrade from from Garoppolo so badly that in the end 
they would make pick 12 available? Never say never. I mean, yes, would I be surprised if, if the Vikings could, could get a first-round pick for Kirk? I would be, but, but I'm not saying it's, it's a 0% chance. Like, there's the report out there that, that Carolina offered pick eight in a package from Matthew Stafford. You know, so then I had a lot of Vikings fans on, on Twitter asking me, okay, Carolina offered pick eight and, and Teddy for, for Stafford. Would they make the same offer for Kirk? And I said, I what, makes you think, what makes you think that Carolina values Kirk the same way they value Stafford? So my point was, why would Carolina make that offer for Kirk? But if they did, Amir, I would do that trade. If you could get pick eight in a package for Kirk Cousins, I would make that trade in a heartbeat. And I like Kirk. I'll be the first to admit that, that Kirk's back-to-back years has had career years. He was good in 2019. He was better in 2020. Like, Kirk was, was a legit top seven, top eight quarterback in 2020. The offense was what, number four overall? Like, the offense wasn't the issue in 2020. Like, you can you can say a lot of good things about Kirk Cousins, but to me, if I could get out from underneath that contract, even with the dead money, if I could get out from underneath that contract and get pick eight, and I think at pick eight you could end up with Fields or Lance, uh, although maybe you'd have to move up. I don't know. I just saw Todd McShay mock that, that had the quarterbacks yeah, going one, two, three, and four. Uh, so maybe you'd have to move up even further. But I think eight would get you in the mix to get one of those four quarterbacks. I'm not big on Mac Jones at Alabama, but I think Lance – Fields, Wilson, Lawrence. Like, if I could end up with one of those four, I'd feel pretty good. You'd probably have a chance if if you were picking eight to land one of those guys, even if you had to give something else up to get up to pick four or pick five or something like that. So, yeah, that's that's a deal I would make. But I'm just telling you, I mean, it's fun fodder. It's cool for, like, a podcast like this to go back and forth on. But, Amir, I think I think Kirk Cousins is, is the Vikings quarterback in 2021. But do I think the 49ers inquire? I do. Yeah, I, I really do. Maybe they already have. Like Peter King, who I trust immensely, had the 49ers in on Matthew Stafford. So clearly the 49ers are, are looking for an upgrade. So do I think that, that John Lynch inquires with Rick Spielman? Yeah, I think that does happen at some point. I agree, but I think – and also I think I think uh, Chad Graff, he reported this yesterday, that they're not looking to trade him unless it's a boatload. But my, the art, what I keep coming yeah, back no, to. Yeah, no, yeah, they're the, they're not picking up the phone. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think what, that's something I, out along those lines yeah. too. But yeah, they they are not picking up the phone, making trade calls about Kirk Cousins. No, but what I keep coming back, yes, but what I keep coming back to is there's not like unless you find somebody better, you just keep him. I, I don't think I me personally, I can't find any realistic options that would be better than him for 2021. Now, do I think they should restructure 2022? I think they should, but I keep coming to the other other people in my feed. I keep coming back to is find me a better option, then uh, then I'd be okay with it. But I don't see, I just don't see any realistic options would be better than Kirk and what Kirk provided. I think he needs a better infrastructure around him, and that I think that's well. You're not getting Deshaun Watson to wave his no trade to come here. So you're yeah. right. If you were all about competing at a high level in 2021, you're not getting better. Than Kirk Cousins. I think the idea, Amir, would be that a lot of Vikings fans are on board with is just punt on 2021. You know, hit the reset button for the first time under the 
under the Wilf regime. But the Wilfs are not on board with that. But I think that's what a lot of Vikings fans are thinking, that, that you know what, we're not going to be good in 2021. That's fine. Let's end up with a, with a top 10 draft pick. You know, let's, if, if you can make the right Cousins deal, you know, maybe you move up for, for Lance, you know, get the Minnesota kid Trey Lance or, or get the Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields. You know, bring in some veteran. Like if you made a trade with, with San Francisco, you know, presumably you'd, you'd get back Jimmy Garoppolo. So let Garoppolo be your quarterback this year. You know, and if you were in a position to, if you had picks 12 and 14, for example, you know, ship those two and move up for, for Lance or Fields. And then you bring in that rookie and let him learn for a year. And then that rookie takes over in, in 2022 when, when you get out from underneath the Jimmy Garoppolo contract. I think that, I'm not saying it's going to happen or it's realistic even, Amir, but I think I think that's what, what Vikings fans are thinking, that, that it's okay if you're not good in 2021 and then you just you reset things and, and you compete in 2022. But the issue there is it's a big year for Zim, it's a big year for Spielman, and the Welfs have been the owners for what now, 16, 17 years, something like that? Never once yeah, have they been on board to, to hit rock bottom, to really rebuild. So I just, you know, why all of a sudden would the Wilfs be on board with that now when they haven't in the previous 16, 17 years? And, like, would they give Mike Zimmer an assurance that even if they have a bad year, that he'd be back in 2022? You know, I'd be surprised if, if they gave some sort of assurance along those lines. So like, it's such a big year for Zim and Spielman, and the Wilfs are all about winning. Like, I don't see them approving such a thing. I really don't. No, I don't either, which is why I think – I think Kirk is here, like you said, and I think the best the best approach that they'll take is just to uh, build the infrastructure surrounding him. They'll build up the defense. They'll maybe they'll add a couple more weapons, but I I don't think they'll be. I don't. I think Kirk will be here. I do. I yeah, I, I think Kirk Cousins is here in 2021. Yeah, I mean, I gave you a long answer there, a long-winded answer, but yeah, short answer is I see Cousins here in 2021. Yep. Before I let you go, I have this uh, run, uh, run, uh, on, uh, ongoing segment I have with my guests, Parallel Universes. So how it works is there's been a lot of situations. We, we keep looking back on Minnesota sports or just sports in general about par- uh, situations we wish could have gone the other way. And people, everybody, everyone I know keeps looking back at the, at the past. And I, I asked you off air and you told me uh, a Parallel Universe scenario is a, a world where the Gophers win the na- uh, national championship. Uh, I'm just wondering if you can illustrate for me that parallel universe. Well, that's one heck of a parallel universe, although I can go back to, like if you want to talk about a past team, 1997, when I was still in my fandom stage, even though I was doing stuff at KFAN and Channel 5, you know, I wasn't jaded. I wasn't a jaded media member, right? I was – I was still a fanboy, right? So I was I was a big fan of of the Gophers, right? And and I had, had decided I was I was going to go to school there, and you know, passionately followed the the men's basketball program, and they made the run to the Final Four. And, you know, my guy Eric Harris ended up getting hurt. You know, maybe that semifinal game goes differently. Maybe they could have had a chance to to win a national championship, even though you know they had cheated that year, right? Technically, in the record books, that '97 season doesn't exist. But guess what, Amir? It exists in my memory, right? I vividly right. remember the, the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 wins over Clemson and UCLA and San Antonio. Those were those were epic games. Like, I'll never forget those games. 
So I suppose that would be the alternate universe, that Eric Harris doesn't get hurt, that the game against Kentucky goes differently, that they would have had a chance to play that Monday night in Indianapolis for, for a national championship. Moving forward, like for that alternate universe to, to have a, a legit chance to happen, like they'd have to land Chet Holmgren, right? Like maybe through this pandemic, you know, convince Chet, his dad, David, played for the Gophers way back when, convince Chet, hey, like you don't want to go far away, right? You don't want to go play for, for the G League. Like you want to stay here by by your family, like stay in Minnesota, right? So like if you can land Chet Holmgren, I saw him in person last Thursday against YZ. I mean, he just – I've seen him a lot. I was at one of his practices in January, but – just reminded how special he is. He's going to be the first pick, you know, unless he gets hurt, but he'll be the first pick in the 2022 NBA draft. So like if the Gophers could land him and convince Marcus Carr to come back, you know, Marcus at best is a second round pick. So could you convince Marcus Carr to come back for another year? Like, okay, you know, like maybe, maybe like my mind could drift that direction, you know, with, with Liam Robbins back. You know, and then who knows? Maybe Brandon Johnson decides with the free year, no reason to go, you know, start his pro career. Yeah, so, like, you know, I I guess Chet Holmgren being a gopher, you know, would would entail that that alternate universe, that that fantasy land, right? Because I just don't know how realistic it is. Actually, I do know how realistic it is, and it's it's pretty darn unrealistic. But but I can dream about it. I can fantasize about it, so – it starts with Chet Holmgren committing to the Gophers. Yeah, that sounds like a good. Uh, that sounds like a good alternate universe. I agree. I agree with you. I think the odds of that in real, reality are about as good as me actually playing suiting up for the Gophers. But uh, I, I'd probably have. To, I'd probably have to get an additional additional year of eligibility for that. But yeah. Hey, don't underestimate <laughs> your skills, Amir. Never know, right? Yeah, like, you could before. set a mean screen, right? You could. You could be a lockdown defender. Right, like, yeah. don't 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 sell yourself short, Amir. You never know. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's a fantasy land. It just is. I mean, like, the Gophers are trying. I'll give them credit. I mean, one of their assistants had a, an hour conversation with Chet's dad recently. Had a forty minute conversation with Chet. Like, they're doing everything in their power. I just don't think it's real realistic. But credit to the Gophers for for at least trying. Yeah, I think. It'll be tough, but I think I think they'll I think they'll be fine. Maybe even without him, I think it's gonna be tough. I agree with you. I think it's it's a good it's a good fantasy it's a good fantasy to have. Let's we'll leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, I just and and we've seen teams pop up like you know, it seems like it was forever ago, but I was there at U.S. Bank Stadium to watch Auburn and Virginia. Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Now, Bennett's built something at Virginia, so it felt like even though they got knocked out, what, first round the year prior, you know, they had been a really high seed. Weren't they a one seed the previous year? They got knocked out by the 16 seed. So it felt like Virginia was on the cusp of, of something special. Michigan State has built something special. But, like, Auburn, that's not a traditional powerhouse. Texas Tech, like, Beard is building something really special there. You know, and Jared Culver was a top six pick, and and Mooney, you know, is a pro player. So, I mean, they had really good players, but it's not like Texas Tech, you know, is, is a perennial powerhouse. So, like, could the Gophers have another pop-up year where they make a run like that? I, you know, maybe. I just don't know if it will happen under the 
under the current leadership, but you know, maybe in the next five to 10 years, like I, you know, call me an optimist, Amir, but you know, I'm not going to say like 0% on that either. Right. Like maybe, no. I don't know if I'd bet heavily on it, but maybe, but yeah, I mean, it is, it's, it's an alternate universe, right? I mean, it's a sport that's, that's dominated by, you know, kind of the same schools every year, except for this year, right. Where Duke, Kentucky and North Carolina aren't very special this year. Like, who even knows if any of the three will make the NCAA tournament? I mean, it looks like two may not. Maybe one gets in. Uh, so this is one of those odd years, right, where, where Gonzaga and, you know, Baylor's built a, a powerhouse. My buddy Jared Nunes is on staff down there. You know, so they've really built something. You know, but, like, you look at, you know, the rankings, three and four, Michigan and Ohio State. And Chris Holman's a really good coach, and, and I like Jawan, you know, at, at Michigan. But, like, you know, if Michigan and Ohio State in basketball are ranked three and four, why can't the Gophers at some point be ranked, you know, third or fourth? I mean, I don't think it's, like, nuts to, to think about that. It might be nuts to think about that right now when Patino's 30-something games under 500 in Big Ten play. But if you get the right leader in here, get the right infrastructure in place, like, you know, maybe, you know. I mean, it's fun to think about, right? If, if you want to be an optimist, if, if you want to cling to hope, that's what a lot of Minnesota sports fans do, right? For years, they've they've clinged to hope, just hope, right? So if you want to cling to right. some hope, like it's not impossible that you know maybe in the next five or ten years that that the Gophers can be a you know a legit NCAA tournament team on a on a year in and year out basis and you know make a run on on occasion. Yeah, I agree with you. Thank you so much for your time, Yugi. I appreciate you coming on. It's a pleasure to know, get to know you and get to interact with you so i appreciate you being the, the i appreciate you being the, uh, the inaugural guest on this uh hopefully soon to be illustrious podcast thank you so much well hopefully i didn't put any dents into the you know illustrious part of it right like hopefully hopefully people can can hang with you amir i'm, I'm very happy for you this is good for you this is good practice for you so keep kicking some ass keep working hard right Outworks the competition. Pound the pavement. I tell you that all the time. You know, now people can hear me tell you that. Pound the pavement. Even in this COVID world, there are ways to pound the pavement. Paul McEnroe, the late Paul McEnroe, one of my mentors, died far too young. Uh, He would tell you that. He told me that all the time. Pound the pavement. So I will pass that down to you. Pound the pavement. Outwork everybody. And if you do, I know a lot of good things will happen. I'll try try my best. I'll grab my proverbial shovel. And I'll just keep digging. I like it, Amir. Take it easy, okay? You too. Thank you. Okay. See ya. All right. We're back. So, uh, so, one, so yesterday's sad, the sad news that uh, Yahoo Sports reporter, former Kansas City Star j- journalist, he was awesome, uh, Therese Paler, uh, died expect- unexpectedly. Sad news. Uh, we've lost a lot of great, highly esteemed people uh, in the sports media industry in the last month alone uh Therese and before him uh Pedro Gomez Yaskin died Seku died a few weeks ago so just making me feel making me uh, feel and hope that I can reach out to more people in this and more people in this industry uh before it's too late and just appreciate those like uh today's guest Doogie and let him know I love him uh, let people like my guy Daniel House. We're gonna have on next on next week. No, I love him. Just, but also more importantly, just to let, uh, let, let myself be known in the industry and just 
sort of uh, reach out, just reach out to others who are per- perfecting their crafts. I think more importantly, it just goes to show us that we uh we we all need we all need to to uh, to to talk to each other. We all need to reach out to those in our field, those of people that we're close to. I I, I was reading some stories yesterday about the about this young man just uh, from his colleagues who loved him. So I think uh, a buddy of mine who we're going to have on hopefully the next week or so, Tyler Fornis, he was uh, posting today about, he posted on social media today about uh, all the people that helped him and all the all of the people in the journalism industry who helped encourage him to to, to take to, to take the leap. So I just, I think that uh, especially in all, in all industries and in all fields, but I think also in this field it's very hard to crack and media and sports media that we just need to reach out to people who we consider mentors and just try try and reach out to people who are perfecting the craft and just uh, reach out to them uh, we're gonna have some more people on more eclectic guests as well but uh, def- we're, I'll def- we'll definitely have on those in the industry who I revere but then also friends of mine who like myself are just trying to break into the industry. We'll be sure to have them on. Uh, tomorrow we'll have Ali Siddiqui on of Climbing the Pocket. He's a he, he's trying to get in the industry. So, yeah, just I feel like sp- sp- uh, sports media in general has just been taking a real hit with the COVID pandemic, and uh, just a lot of great people that are uh, churning out content, and then we're also losing these losing talented people day day by day. So we just need to be appreciative of the people that we, we admire and their content that they're bringing out and just admire the hustle. I think I, I myself, I need to t- t- do a better job of acknowledging those whose hustle I admire and just try try and reach out to those who have held, uh, held a lending hand. Uh, so, so, yeah, uh, thanks for listening. To, thanks for listening today. Hope you enjoyed our conversation with Doogie, our Doogie earlier, uh, will be coming out each and every day.